Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back to Car Radio. You're on 910 AM Superstation. I'm Henry Payne, auto columnist for the Detroit News, joined by... Robin Warner, my uh, colleague in writing and in racing. Hello, uh, everybody. And we are live at uh, Belle Isle at the Detroit Grand Prix. Great to have the Detroit Grand Prix uh, back today, talking to uh, drivers and, and uh, organizers down here. We're joined by Catherine Legg. Hello. Who is a, a GTD driver in IMSA. Catherine, uh, great to see you again and great to have you back on Belle Isle. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's awesome. It's awesome to see the fans back. You know, no masks. We're, I feel human again. We're getting back to normal, which is great. You know, we've been, we've been racing sporadically and in a different kind of format. And this is, it's just great to be back in anger, I should say. How do you like uh, street courses? I, I, every driver I've talked to so far loves this place. I mean, I, I walk around this place, and it's concrete walls everywhere and, uh, and, and crowned uh, concrete <laughs> racing. And I said, how do, you, how do you race around this place? Every, all the drivers seem to really enjoy it. it. Yeah, I love it, too. Um, you know, with great difficulty, I think, is the answer to your question. How do you race around here? <laughs> Especially with all the rubber down and all the debris offline, it's really, really important that you hit your marks, and you're very, very precise. Um, it's quite fast for a street course. It's quite bumpy for a street course. You know, I described it as Sebring with uh, with bri- with uh, concrete walls. <laughs> but, I don't know where the B2 bombers would land, but that's very appropriate otherwise, yeah. But uh, I love street course racing. The first race I ever did in America. You can tell I'm not American because of the accent. I'm not from Louisiana or anywhere fancy like that. From England. So yeah. uh, the first race I did over here was actually Long Beach, which was a street course. So uh, here we are in Detroit, which I've won twice. So it has a special place in my heart. Oh, yeah. We got a two-time winner. Yeah, definitely. And a two-time winner in just about every category of racing that's known. I mean, maybe you haven't. (laughs) I'm Maybe you haven't won NHRA yet, but you've seen a race just about everything else. I know. And, I've been and, around a long time. And even within IMSA, you've raced a lot of different brands. So what's it like being in a rear-engine Porsche around here? Because your two wins, I believe both of them were in the NSX. Accurate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and it is very different, actually, driving the Porsche, and I have had to adapt my style. And what's quite tricky is I'm racing a Ferrari in Europe at the moment, and I'm racing the Porsche over here. So to go backwards and forwards, like all the buttons on the steering wheel are different. You do things in a different way. The way you drive the car is totally different. Um, obviously, in the, in the Porsche, having the weight where it is is, is kind of tricky to, to get used to because you have to turn it later, and there's like a whole system of things. But um, I love the Porsche. I love the way it looks. We got a new livery this weekend, and it looks amazing. The Richard Neal uh, grid rival car. You'll see it. it's like blue and flamey and awesome. Yeah, that's great. Um, so yeah, I, I've been I've been enjoying it a lot. Um, uh, Corvette is here this weekend. We're excited to have yeah, Corvette out here. I'm pretty sure they're going to get one, too. I don't know about you guys. I, I would actually put money Bold on that. Bold prediction. Robin and I Bold big prediction money. by the drivers. <laughs> big money yeah. on, on Corvette 1, too. Um, and and uh, Corvette. It's I, a good thing that we're at the casino, I think. <laughs> good thing. They, I, think, I think one of the major reasons that Corvette went mid-engine, because like Porsche, that's a very racing-focused 
production brand. Right. And uh, the, the, the Porsche 911 historically has always had very good traction off of corners. I think Corvette ultimately felt they could not continue to keep up in international racing until they put the engine in the rear. Uh, it's interesting you say still there's a difference. Do you fi- feel a difference between a mid-engine uh, Acura and a uh, rear-engine uh, 9-11? Yeah, talk about that a little bit more. Absolutely. Uh, well, not just the Acura, you know, with the Ferrari, with all the different... Every every brand has its own idiosyncrasies and drives a different way uh, because it's designed and built and set up a different way, you know. Um, even within brands, different teams set the cars up differently. Mm-hmm. So you could drive one Porsche and it would be diff- different to driving a, a different team Porsche, you know. Same with the Acura. Uh, the Acura was typically very strong here uh, because it was light and nimble and short wheelbase and the, the weight distribution was evenly spread. Um, but cars have different strengths at different circuits. It also depends on balance performance, obviously. You know, they're trying to make it even across a series of races, not just for one event. So um, it, it does depend on how you set the car up but also on on the car design and you can't be good everywhere at everything and if you are anyway the BOP is going to get you so it doesn't it doesn't really matter you know you'll see some races the BMW is really strong but then at the other races the Porsche is really strong so I think we have a really good solid car and the Porsche is good here Um, and you've been very quick I think you qualified third Fifth, yeah. yeah. I think we have a top three car. Yeah. I do. Um, but it would take everything to go our way as well, strategy-wise and everything, because it's such a street fight, literally <laughs> such a street fight, yeah. that um, a lot of luck comes into it, depending on when the yellows are, if there are yellows, how many tires you decide to change, when you do your driver change, etc., etc. So um, it is a lot of luck, but it's also not making any mistakes and, and executing. And we're very fortunate to have a great team behind us. And I, we should say real quick, balance of performance is what IMSA does to keep as much parity among the different brands as possible. So you might come to one race with, uh, I'm just making up numbers here, 550 horsepower, and next thing you know, you come to the next with 525. Yeah. So those, those are the types of balancing acts, just one of the many, many variables you're dealing with. And then Detroit has so many inherent variables just built into the track that... Um, that uh, you're, you're, you're always questioning something. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they actually do it a lot with weight as well. And uh, it's, it's like they can put weight on you or take weight off you depending on... Uh, you got, yeah, you've got a bug on you. It's freaking me out more than it's freaking you out. Like, There's a spider. Like, There's a tarantula about this big. Yeah, it was huge. I was like, like is it a button? Where, where like are we doing? Yeah. So, yeah, they do it with weight and they do it with restrictors and turbos and, and stuff like that. And they also do it in the pits, so... They try and regulate how quickly you fuel, and so how everybody's pit stop time should be the the same kind of timing of it, so that nobody gets an advantage in the pits as well. Because sometimes you can, like, you could stick the same amount of fuel in a lot quicker than another team, and then you'd be out quicker than them, and you'd jump all the people in pit lane. So and it's a tough job. This being a 100-minute race, one of the two short races, that pit stop is so critical. Everything. It's absolutely everything. Like we've been practicing driver change practice like crazy, and you know, we've, we've got to get everything done. Tires change, fuel, driver change, everything with, within like 15 to 20 seconds. So yeah. it's just a lot, but and, uh, we'll do it. And one thing, I, it seems like the drivers have been pretty consistent about the, the two most important laps in this race is your in-lap and your out-lap, yeah. into the pits, out of the pits. 
because that's the other critical part where you can really gain or lose. Absolutely. And that's where you gain or lose depending on what the other strategies are. You know, like if I pit two laps earlier and my outlap's mega, <laughs> then when the other people pit, then their, in -lap, their outlap has to be even better than, than that one to beat them in the pit lane, if that makes sense. Uh, uh, Catherine, uh, as, as uh, Robin alluded to earlier, there's not much that you haven't driven out there. Uh, the last time I saw you was at a Formula E race because yep. you were driving the Jaguar I-Pace, the, the first electric car, uh, race car series, uh, with a, with a uh, production car. Yep. And you were running along with Formula E. Um, you are not doing that currently. No, well, it's no longer a series. So, oh, yeah, they formerly is still going, but uh, right. Jaguar I Pace series is not exactly. But uh, t talk, uh, tell us a little bit about that experience. How, how did how did you how did you find an electric uh, race car? Uh, how did you like that series? <laughs> I liked it a lot. Uh, I really enjoyed driving for uh, for Bobby's team, for Bobby Rahel's team. Um, I actually drove Formula E when it first came. To, to being as well mm. and honestly I was like this is quiet it's never going to take off this is not fast <laughs> enough it's a bit rubbish <laughs> look at it now I was wrong so then as soon as the opportunity came along to drive the I-Pace I was like okay this is going to take off I was wrong this is the future it's, it's electric now they're really fast they look really sexy I mean it's a really cool championship, right? Yeah. You can go the it's whole race on one battery. On one battery. And it's come so far since the beginning. And I just, you know, it was very short-sighted of me. So I wanted to be part of the I-Pace um, championship with Bobby and it. And it was me and Brian Sellers, who was also here. And we, he was a great, fun teammate. We traveled around the world together and, and went racing these, uh, these little SUVs. For want of a better term, and it was it was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I, I own a uh, Tesla Model Three uh, performance, and and I and I sometimes I take it up to M1 Concourse up here, a little uh, a club track within me uh, Metro Detroit, and and you race an electric uh, uh, car back to back with a gas car, and the instant torque off yeah. of corners gets really addictive. Uh, how did how did you find driving style with an electric car? Same, same. Uh, the amount of throttle that you have, the amount of torque you have early on is incredible. Um, actually mapping the throttle to match that so that you, <laughs> you don't swap ends immediately as soon as you get on the <laughs> yeah. gas pedal, for want of a, another better term. Um, but I enjoyed it a lot. You know, the I-Pace is a heavy car because of the battery. It it's a lot of weight to carry around so you have the movement in that that makes it slightly slightly more tricky to handle um but the acceleration is incredible and actually it, it broke really well you know it was indestructible which was amazing they were like little tanks so <laughs> brian and i could <laughs> crash into other cars and walls and all sorts and we'd still still be going at the end so it was uh it was unique, but it was an awesome experience well and it's a heavy car but all that weights down low as it well is, yeah. so you have a lot of weight but a really low center of gravity so it's this yin and yang to that part of it yeah and it was a pretty decent race car because of that i would say you know we didn't have much that we could adjust on the car it was pretty standard because they wanted to keep it fair between all the different teams from all the different countries and uh so we had a couple of damper clicks here and a bit of ride height there for the car but we didn't really have that many tools to to change it and we didn't really need to and you know handle great in the wet too so yeah we were we had we had a great time with it. We had some success as well. You know, we won some races, and uh, and Brian also. I think he finished second in the championship, so that was that was really cool.
Yeah, it was fun to watch. So uh, a lot of a lot going on in motorsport these days. Big changes coming to this sport. Uh, you're, you're from England, uh, which I consider the sort of the heart of, of auto racing. Uh, all the F1 teams are there. There's been so much innovation uh, in England over the last century. Uh, a lot of innovation going on in this sport uh, now in Europe and over here. Uh, uh, how, do, how do you see the future? You know, I think there's room for everything. Hmm. Like, I am as much a NASCAR fan as I am a Formula E fan. You know, there's, I, I drove the new electric um, off-road, the Extreme E. Oh, yeah. Mm. For Jensen. That was so much fun as well. <laughs> where were you, where were you, you in the North Pole? or? No, we were in Wales. <laughs> it was raining, <laughs> cold and miserable. But honestly, I haven't had that much fun in a very long time. So that was cool, too. Like, there is so much innovation. There's so many new cool products. But there doesn't seem to be... Um, you know anybody saying that there isn't enough room for everybody and i think there is and i think that's important and i think the fans like to see that too you know they're the reason we go racing and i think when they see us having fun and see us driving different things then that's also interesting to them right so um if you can be driving a nascar one minute and then driving a indycar the next minute like jim johnson has or or then driving an electric ipace car you know i think that's what separates you know the the experience and the good drivers from just the having the one trick pony kind of thing and and i know when i look back on my career and i go oh i drove that and i drove this and it was really cool and you know like i want to have had fun too i don't want to just be pigeonholed down okay she can only drive a gtd car no i want to do it i want to do it all i have fomo (laughs) so but well you you you've uh you've had a wider variety of racing than just about anybody and um, yet the ironic thing is, for me, the big news coming from IMSA is consolidation. You know, GTLM is being uh, put out to pasture, and we have GTD Pro, which seems to me there's a lot of pros, ironically enough. Yep. There's a lot of pros compared to cons to that as well, to have a more unified class. There. I like it. I, I read an article this week that said they were going to BOP the the. So basically, there's going to be one GT class, and it's going to be pros, and then there's going to be the AMs. And the AMs are also going to be with the pros. Right, right? like, like pro-am right and then pro-pro. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so they said that they were going to uh, be OP, so that the AM-pro combinations are going to be slower than the pro-pro combinations. And I don't like that idea so much because I, as a pro... You know, when it comes to the end of the race, if we've got a yellow, I want to go race with the other pros. I don't want to be driving slower than the other pros, but I love that they consolidated the series into one because what it means is, especially if they all had one BOP, it means that the fans watching, they can see who's leading, who's not leading. They don't have to worry about classes. They don't have to worry about who's a lap down, who's got a quicker car, who's done this, who's done that. Like, it's literally, if the car is in front, that's the guy who's winning, right? Like, it's it's easy to follow. And... Uh, and I think you'll see some some epic battles like that. And there are some really great guys in GTLM, obviously. I mean, they're super, super talented guys. And to have them come down this year and race with us in GTD, which is basically what's happened. You know, you see the Earl Bambas of the world um, racing with us. It's, it's a good yardstick for us because we've kind of been in our own little category for a few years. And so now we have to, we have to match up to the, to the factory guys. And so I, I like it a lot. It seems like uh, you, you always know 
whether it's a pro or an am in the car once you get to a braking zone. That seems to be the biggest indicator, yeah? Yeah, although I will say that some of the ams are really good at braking too. Like some of the ams are pros. You know, they they categorize us all as either um, platinum or gold, right, and as a pro, and then silver or bronze as, a, as an am. But I will say that some of the silver and bronze drivers that I've come across have been pro level, you know, just because they're a little bit older or, uh, you know, haven't been racing for that long doesn't mean that they're any slower than us normally. <laughs> That's starting already. We got the, uh, the, the race is still <laughs> a couple hours away, but uh, we got uh, Lamborghini guys here on deck, Marco Papello, and they're already uh, already, already giving you the uh, the evil eye over there. Uh, is, that, is that because that's one of the few cars you have not raced yet? Or I have it? raced it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I drove at Daytona at the beginning of last year. We raced a 24-hour with the Lambo, and yeah, Chris Ward's standing right there. He's the uh, North American Lamborghini boss. That's a cool V10 man. in the Lamborghini, that one. Cool car. Yeah. And the car that we had actually was like multicolored. It was like a cartoon car, and it looked really cool. And yeah, fellow fellow Brit. Actually, uh, Chris is uh, home race this weekend because they're based in Detroit. So, uh, so that's really cool for him. We just have to make sure that he finishes behind us. <laughs> <laughs> well, but that's the strength of the series is you have this incredible mix of cars: uh, Lam- Lamborghinis, Porsches, Ferraris, all out there. I mean, ultimately, that that's what I think killed uh, GTLM is they just couldn't keep up with this variety in GTD. I mean, it must be strong. really cool. I mean, I, I know you guys got to fight balance of performance every week. But it must just be cool to sit there on the grid and see that kind of supercar variety around you. It really is. You know, if you think about the coolest cars in the world, when you were growing up as a kid, right. what, what did you have on your bedroom wall? What posters did you have? You have Ferraris, Lamborghinis, Porsches, whatever it may have been, right? Aston Martins. Um, yeah, yeah, I had a Ford. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> F-150. No, I'm <laughs> And I had a Goldwing Mercedes. And so... I, uh, we are all one big happy family, and I think that it's important that we all have a lot of love and respect for each other. And we all tra- well, it's like a circus, right? We all travel around the world together, and it's a very, very small community. So um, I think we all have a lot of respect for what the other people are doing, and we still all think it's super cool to be doing what we're doing. I mean, you can't lose sight of the fact that, hey, I'm in Detroit this weekend. I'm in America in America because I race cars, and I'm in Detroit this weekend racing a, racing a Porsche. I mean, it's still pretty cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you don't have to convince us. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh, Catherine, we're gonna, we're uh, we're gonna let you go here. We we got to juggle a, a, a few folks here. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, great, great to uh, have you on Belle Isle. Good to see you again. And next <laughs> next time uh, we see you, who knows what you'll be racing? <laughs> <laughs> one, That's very true. One one uh, day's competitor might be tomorrow's teammate, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So you can't make too many enemies in this sport. That's for sure. Good it luck. was lovely to see you guys. Thanks very much. Yeah. Good luck this afternoon. Uh, let's let's bring in uh, Marco Mappello here uh, real quick. Uh, Marco is with the Lamborghini uh, team, number 19 uh, Lamborghini. He's going to be out there on track competing against Catherine uh, Leg uh, later uh, uh, this afternoon. And uh, uh, Marco, as, as Catherine says, I mean, I, I had a Lamborghini on my wall when I was growing up. Okay. Uh, it's pretty cool to see Lamborghinis out here uh, racing against Porsches and, and Ferraris. Um, here you're you're a young guy. You still have to kind of pinch yourself a little bit that you're racing Lamborghinis professionally. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it's really nice. It's the first time for me here and the first time for the team. So I didn't think it was so cool. So it's really, really nice, and I'm really looking forward to race. And say hello to my friend uh, Robin Warner, who's uh, 
uh, who's around these pits quite a bit and knows his way around a racetrack. Well, and I think we might actually know each other. Uh, you were at Valunga a couple years back for the uh, media drive of the uh, Huracan Evo GT3 car. Yes. Yeah, and I was I was there as well. I was the I was the American that uh, drove that GT3 okay. car and absolutely loved the place and this 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 was the guy that brought me back down to earth. Uh, Valunga is a circuit north of Rome by about 20 miles and uh, this first couple of corners is super quick and I was feeling pretty darn proud of myself because I was going into this corner sixth gear lifting for a second back on the throttle feeling good you know carrying 125 miles an hour something like that and i was talking to mark about my data and i said and yeah turn one how's that he goes oh that's easy flat that one that's no, easy flat don't even think i was like it's just ah, circuit knowledge ah. <laughs> so so yeah yeah so you just you're scrubbing off about 15 miles an hour too much but otherwise you're okay yeah uh, you know it's, it's all in a day's work. Yeah, but you <laughs> know, is. here we are in Detroit. Very different circuit than Valunga. Definitely, yeah. definitely, definitely. We are, uh, we actually struggling because uh, uh, it's the first experience for the team. So our preparation was uh, a little bit underestimated. The bumps around here, and uh, so we are catching lap by lap and session by session the right setup for it. But uh, I'm having a lot of fun since lap one. So. Uh, let's see this evening how it, how it is. Uh, Marco, can you hang on just a minute? We've got to uh, take a break and hear from a couple of our Probably. advertisers, and then we'll be right back. Uh, we're on nine, you're on 910 AM, uh, the Superstation. Uh, this is Car Radio. We're going to take a brief break and be right back with Marco Mapello, uh, Lamborghini's ace driver. Are you looking for a great deal on advertising? Here at 910 AM Superstation, we're going to make you an offer that you can't refuse. With our Godfather Package Special, you can receive 200 spots for $500. That's right, 200 spots for only $500. That's $2.50 per spot. All spots must stay within a 30-day schedule. And 910 AM Superstation will produce your spots for free. Please contact Renisha Williams at 313-434-8291. That's 313-434-8291. Please call now. Hey, yo, this is actor-comedian Kel Mitchell. Join me and my celebrity friends for the National Black High School graduation. It's me, the brand-new intelligent black woman, Y-O-Y-O, which is Yo-Yo, and I'm asking that you join me and all of my celebrity friends for the National Black High School graduation. It's the 2021 National Black High School graduation. It's about unity. It's about family. It's a celebration, a rites of passage. We're celebrating black excellence, premiering this Saturday, 7 p.m. on WADL. Scholarships provided by Comerica Bank. Hello, I'm Pastor Robert Tilton. Detroit Southfield, I'm coming to see you. If you're bound by drugs, alcohol, sick, afflicted, troubled, maybe you need a financial breakthrough. I want to pray for you in the power of Jesus' name. I will be at the Southfield Weston Hotel, June the 24th, 7.30 p.m., Thursday night. That's the Southfield Weston Hotel, June the 24th, 7.30 p.m., Thursday night. Turn your faith into action and expect a miracle and be there. 
We've got the perfect cure for your COVID blues, a new live and free three-week concert series, Novi Nights Live at the Adele Center. Three Fridays in July, the 9th, 16th, and 23rd. Join me, Alexander Zonjic, and friends, featuring smooth trumpeter Lynn Roundtree, virtuoso violinist Evan Garr, and from Ohio, the Urban Jazz Coalition. Bring your lawn chairs, outdoors, rain or shine, Novi Nights Live. Call Phillips, 419-280-1073, 280-1073 for all the details. Come on out and party. 910, the Super Station, the oldest radio station in town since 1922. Car Radio. We're down on Belle Isle for the Detroit Grand Prix, joined by Marco Mapello in the number 19 Lamborghini and uh, having a, a great we great weather day down here, too, Marco. The uh, the forecast was at 2 p.m. it was going to rain buckets down here. It looks like we're going to clear the rain. Uh, this is your first year down here. Um, you must be happy about that. You don't have to deal with this place in the rain, I hope. Yeah, for sure. Is uh, We can keep the same condition. It's would be much easier for everybody. Um, I don't mind if it's raining. You know, it's always it's always fun. But for sure, it's not. <laughs> will be even tougher than than it has been since now. So yeah. Did you uh, preparing for this race? Did you spend a lot of time on simulator? How did you How do you prepare for a track like this that that uh, you've never been on before? Yeah, simulator. Just simulator. I saw some onboard video, but honestly, no, nothing shows uh, that how bumpy it is. Uh, then better than drive it drive it properly so yeah the simulator just helps you to remind the corner to get a little bit of rhythm to know more or less uh, where you have to break and so on but uh, for sure uh, real life is something different yeah and this track is uh, quite special in a lot of different ways uh, but it's all these things the bumps and uh, different uh, surfaces concrete pave different pavements but it's also quite quick Turns one and one and two are quite fast. Turns twelve and thirteen, quite quick. And then, of course, you have some slow corners as well. So, where are you finding the rhythm in this car? In this, with so many bumps and yet so much speed. Yes. Um, what I saw since practice one is that you cannot uh, uh, push too much in the entry of the corner. So you cannot break too late uh, and do it like in a proper racetrack. You need to, if you have to, to choose, you have to go out of the corner quickly instead of going into the cockpit very quickly. Especially, you know, with the GT car where the, the cornering speed is a bit lower compared to the prototype. So that's for sure is something different and you have to switch the brain a little bit compared what we're used to because also the grip level changes into the corner because there is a concrete when you have a certain amount of grip and the next concrete piece of concrete is different so sometimes you get understeer but the car is not understeering it's just the surface that changes well it's one of the one of the great things about this uh, sport uh, uh, generally the case in in, in um, sports car racing but i think especially in the united states you guys get to drive such variety you go to daytona 
the fastest oval track in the in the uh, in the country. You get to go to street courses like this, road courses like Mid Ohio. I mean, you really do have to be an all-around driver to win this series. Definitely, definitely. Compare compare Europe uh, when where uh, uh, you know you always do the same tracks. You know what to expect most of the time, and so on. Here is always a little bit of question mark, and you always have to be really, really you know accurate on driving. Yeah. Well, Marco Mappella, really, really uh, appreciate your joining Thank us today. You uh, exciting to have the Lamborghini team here. Always a fan favorite, and good luck this afternoon. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. See you later. All right. Thank you. Uh, we're joined now by uh, Pippo Durrani, who is uh, also driving in the IMSA uh, WeatherTech uh, sports car race, but in a little different animal. He's uh, running up front in the Cadillac DPI, another hometown uh, 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 brand. Pippo, uh, welcome to the program. And uh, the Cadillac's getting around this place pretty quick. Yeah, I have to say we are first and third on the grid. I think it's pretty good. The car has uh, rolled out of the truck uh, quite fast. Just a shame there at the qualifying we had a, a red flag. And uh, we at the 31, I think we had a, a chance for pole, but the session was cut short. But part of the game. Yeah, I I, uh, I had a, I had a ball with you on Thursday. I, we we you had just arrived on Thursday. This is such a tight weekend. You guys get a practice session. You're straight into qualifying, uh, and so you walk the track on Thursday afternoon. No engines. Uh, everybody, IndyCar guys, IMSA guys. Indy Lights, everybody's out there on this track walking it on Thursday, which seems really important uh, because this is a street circuit that's only run once a year. And I, it was really interesting to me as you took me around just how detail-oriented you guys were, looking at curbs, looking to, at things that change on this track. Yeah, especially when you have a, a, a street track like this. You have to remember we haven't run here last year. So it's been nearly two years since we last were here at Detroit and uh, the street track is always put together for just for that event so sometimes you remove a curb and they put it back on a different way so the the track walk is always very important so that you know exactly where you're, you're going what are you going to encounter once you're driving the car so um, yeah that's why we do those laps especially you know really detailed sometimes most of the time just really walking and taking our time to uh, to see everything you know, especially on a road track, on a street track, sometimes you even have like a a, a cover, a hole cover, you know, like a, how do you call that? Manhole cover, yeah. Yeah, so those things can change, you know. They might put that last year, but they might have removed the next year. So, you know, you just keep your eyes open for uh, things that can give you a little bit of an advantage and also things that may, may avoid you ending up in the wall because, you know, I have no room for error here. So, yeah. Now, it, qualifying third, that's still a great run. Uh, We've heard from some drivers that it's difficult to pass here, but not impossible. Are you looking for the best places to come out of a corner strong so you have a good run? Because uh, one, two, maybe not, but into turn three, perhaps. Yeah, I think turn three is one of the one of the places that you can overtake. But that really depends a lot. If you have a good exit out of turn two, sometimes you are, especially in the DPI cars, you if you are running really close to them, you lose downforce, which means that uh, by losing downforce, you're you're not able to carry the minimum speed as you would like and you don't exit the corner as as close to the guy in front as you want so um you know always trying i think strategy will play a big role here today as usual uh in all our uh races in imsa and um 
it's gonna come down to to fuel it's gonna come down to pit stops you know outlaps uh, if you can't make a pass if you can't make <laughs> a pass on on you know just by diving and into the inside of someone I think especially because you have traffic here you're gonna end up using an undercut or or an overcut to try and uh, and make that pass so it's gonna be very interesting it's just a hundred uh, minutes race uh, so you don't have much time to think you have to act you know immediately and and um, starting third is not bad, but not perfect either. You still have two cars to overtake and, and try and make uh, make up for uh, for the red flag in qualifying. But yeah, we're looking forward. I think we have a great car today. Well, there's uh, you, you talk about uh, strategy, and and one of the folks your 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 core team was out there on the track with you. It wasn't just you and Felipe Nasser, your co-driver out there. Right. It was also your engineer, your strategist. Because uh, your strategist is Tim, Tim. Keen, yeah, and uh, veteran guys won uh, uh, five Rolex twenty fours at Daytona with Ganassi. This guy knows what he's doing. But you really count on those guys. He's in your ear all the time, and 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 he's he's figuring out what's going on the track so that you do make a stop at the right time. Yeah, you have to remember that we have all we have is that little vision from the inside of the car, right? And he has all these cameras that he can look at and see. He's seeing everything, all the corners. So I'm relying completely on him. I'm doing the best I can to drive the car as quickly as I can, but relying on him to make the calls. And most of the time he makes the, the right calls. That's why we have him. He's a, he's a top guy. And, uh, and, yeah, strategy in this series plays a big role. So having a guy who sometimes knows how to react, uh, and, and it's a gamble, right? Sometimes you see a car go off, and, and you react to that, and you take a decision, and uh, it can go yellow, but... You know, there's also a chance that that other car who's out might just put reverse and go back in and the track never goes to yellow, so it keeps green. So, you know, having a guy who understands all that and, uh, and, and make the right calls can either win you a race or, or make you lose a race. So, yeah, it's, it's yeah. a real team sport. Absolutely. And there's another thing that's special about this race for you, I imagine, being a, a Cadillac driver. Here, uh, it's Chevrolet's putting on a big, you know, big, big uh, presence here. You are part of the GM family at Cadillac. Does that add any extra responsibilities or any extra stress to you to have? We uh, don't. Sorry to interrupt no, you there. Please, the, please. The, the, the answer was kind of was ready, but we don't really think or, or take it as a pressure. We think we take it as a motivation. You know, you ha we have all the Cadillac people here and, and they're che cheering on us. And we just try and use that energy to do a better race you know that doesn't mean that we don't do that every time we go racing every race but you know you just have that feeling okay they're all here let's let's give that little bit extra uh push for us to bring a a, a good result for cadillac and uh, and for the brand um you know it's uh it's the motor city it's uh it's the home race for cadillac and and for us as a driver winning here once you step out of the car has a bigger value as well because you see so many fans and so many supporters around you and you have to remember this is the first race we have the fans back as well which is fantastic for us fantastic for Cadillac uh, as a brand you know we go racing to promote the brand and and having the fans here is such a such an important part of our sport so uh, yeah I think uh, it's a good day to win a race today <laughs> uh, um uh, Pippo, you're you're out there with uh, fellow fellow Brazilian, uh, Felipe Nasser. You guys are about the same age, uh, 27, 28 years old. Uh, Brazil obviously has an enormous uh, motor racing tradition. 
Uh, did you guys grow up together on the track? Did you did you grow up admiring Ayrton Senna? Uh, what's it like growing up as a Brazilian race driver? Yeah, I don't know if any if many people know, but we have the same name as well. Just people is my nickname. Yeah. I also I'm also called Luis Felipe, and so is he. And it's kind of uh, it's kind of funny, but we uh, we grew up uh, racing go karts against each other in Brazil. He's one year older than than myself. So every time he was on his second year in the, in the same category, I would join him for my first year, and then he would, he would move up to the next one, and then I would join him again. So um, eventually our careers uh, took different paths. I went endurance racing earlier before him, and he ended up in Formula One, had a great stint there for a couple of years, and then all of a sudden we see ourselves united. as We, ran, we raced against each other our entire life since very young, and then we're now on the same boat trying to win races together. So I think it's, it's a great story. We um, we are the both of the both of us. I think I can speak for Felipe as well. We are very proud uh, and and happy to have a chance to represent such a fantastic team and sponsors and and Cadillac. Uh, we're from Brazil, but uh, but America has you know given us a chance and we we've grabbed with both hands and and we love what we're doing together as a, as fellow Brazilians taking you know the team willing Lucas Oil Cadillac to the top and uh, we always. Uh, we always work really, really hard to to win races, and it's been fun. You know, we ha- we 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 have our own jokes in Portuguese. The team sometimes <laughs> <laughs> the team sometimes says, "Hey, English here now." And uh, yeah, it's been it's been a great time sharing the car with him, and uh, and yeah, it's been a, it's, it's been really fun. Yeah, well, that's really cool, Pippo. Uh, uh, welcome to the island. Great to have you back. Uh, at the Detroit Grand Prix, thanks for the ride around on the uh, the golf cart. Maybe maybe you can take me around the Cadillac uh, uh, one, one, one of these days. Uh, and uh, we need to make sure we put an extra seat. And yeah, be yeah. my pleasure. Yeah, put a seat in there, in the uh, right hand seat in there for me. Well, I mean, a CT4 a CT4B wouldn't be a bad second place, right? That'll work. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll do that. Anything in Pippo would be fun. That's fun in the golf cart. I can only imagine. <laughs> uh, so much power there. Huh? So much power. <laughs> uh, good luck this weekend. Thank you. Thank you. Great pleasure to be here with you.